doing the intro? Yeah. Welcome to the Tree Podcast. It's a podcast. It's about trees. Not really, but... No, it's not. Uh, it's more of a philosophy, political... Science. Kind of... Science. Science is a big part of it. Science is yeah, a big part of my true. philosophy. Science, tech, um, philosophy. But yeah, we're back. Taylor Dahlke's back. It's been a Woo-hoo! while. Yeah. I've done my semester of schooling. Yeah. A bunch, which of, is... a bunch of A's, hey? Yeah, I got five, five more A's, baby. Yeah, nice. But we're glad to have you back because... Uh, we like you on this podcast. Your name's attached to the to the title. Is it? Yeah. So, I didn't even notice. Yeah. In the, the graphic. It says the tree podcast. Oh awesome. With me and with you. So Taylor glad Lucky. to have you back. And excited to hear what you have to say about the la- the last few months of what's been happening in the world and Yeah. Uh, your views on things. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know, like one of the things I guess I've been thinking about a lot is where I stand on the political s- spectrum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like a couple things, like as I get older, I'm becoming more conservative, but I'm still like really liberal about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, um, the other thing is like a lot of what liberalism looks like right now is really unappealing to me. And I think you can kind of attest to that too, you know? Like, there's a lot of, like, talking down and deplatforming and all kinds of things that that I used to associate with, like, right-wing mm-hmm. things are now, like, very left-wing. Like, not being open to ideas. Being open to ideas was, like, the left-wing yeah. thing. But now, anything that is not left-wing is a closed-minded mindset so they don't even like allow that kind of talking anymore yeah i get what you're saying i what i don't like is the i just don't like saying they and right because the the whole problem is the they them stuff yeah that's what is leading to any closed-minded thinking on any side i really i really just want to just personally i like to stay away from that having said that i'm not a fan of anything extreme at all so the more right. extreme any views get on either side, I really don't like because almost always, I think in almost every case in the world for everything, yeah. the extreme is not correct. It's always somewhere in the middle. Now, sometimes it's in the middle, but way more towards one side, but it's always somewhere in the middle. It doesn't mean it's center. It doesn't mean it's right in the middle. It just means that like it's almost never the extreme. You're almost never right when you think that absolutely no good can come of this thing or you know, this person is 100% evil or whatever. Yeah. It's almost never correct. It's because neither extreme allows for any nuance. Yeah, and, zero nuance. And the, like life in the world and everything is so unbelievably complex that any trying to simplify it in any way, either with this extreme or that extreme, a simplified explanation of what's going on is going to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. There's too many var- variables. There's too much going on. Like, yeah. If you yeah, if you try and boil down any argument or any philosophy down to its like core tenets and then blindly try to fit the world into those that spectrum of belief, then you're going to miss a, like a huge amount of what's you're, actually going on. You're not gonna hit the mark. Because yeah. you can't, because you you can't simplify things like that. What you do is so you can do it. It's almost like with resolution, right? You can sim- you can take resolution uh, into a, a less and less sharp picture. Right. But then you're left with something that doesn't really 
accurately represent what it is. That's exactly what happens when you try to put people into boxes or things. And I think the, the one thing that is getting better, though, as we go forward, is what podcasts are doing. It's the only thing yeah. left where you have a long-form conversation and then you can nuance things. And if you actually sit and listen to an entire podcast, like yeah. a two-hour-long podcast, yeah. and you can hear people out, you can hear ideas out, it's so much better because I was talking with someone the other day and they said they'd never actually... I forget which podcast we're talking about is one of the one of the ones I listen to, but they were saying how they'd never even heard a whole podcast. They've just heard clips Sound of it. And I said like that's that. the worst thing you can do. Yeah. That is that is the absolute worst thing you can do. Yeah. Even though there's probably some value, especially if it was a good thought, if it was a two minute clip, that you could have a good um, soundbite, you could have good argument in there. But you need to hear the whole thing yeah. in the context and the surrounding. You know how you got to what you're talking about and then what happened after I think is so important yeah and uh, it, it just kind of when I heard that I was like oh, you, you gotta hear the whole thing that's the whole point yeah, of the podcast 100%. It's, it's the last we have a million we probably have like a hundred billion clips of things we can listen to oh, and yeah. read and, and short form stuff but the long form listen to your podcast while you're driving while you're walking whatever is is the only way that we're actually improving the nuance in yeah. this world up until like very recently, all media forms were become, were pandering more and more and more and more to the low attention span. Mm-hmm. Like it, everything was becoming smaller, quicker segments. Now back to him. Now back to you. Yeah. Let's get five people on. Each, yeah. each of you Eight gets talking 10 heads seconds. at the same time. Yeah. And then all these overlaying. There's like, do you remember? I don't watch the news anymore. You see that on CNN? There'd be four. Yeah. There'd be split four, and there'd be two tickers on the bottom. There'd yeah. be one running fast, like the stock market. Yeah, one, yeah. One running fast, one running slow. Breaking news, and you're just like overwhelmed with information, and yeah. they weren't even talking about anything important. It no. was like, well, you can't was, talk about was, anything important in thirty seconds. Yeah, and everyone like, just wants their soundbite. Everyone gets their thirty second clip. Yeah, in, and it's like, it's what you just said. You're reducing something so complex usually into something thirty seconds long, right. which. I think it's good to maybe start a conversation or spark something, but it's mm. not good to, like, you shouldn't form your views on that. Maybe you should yeah. do that to be like, oh, I like what that person said. I'm going to look into it that. more. Yeah. Right. But then to base it on that and then be like, now that's what I believe because I heard a 30 second clip. It's yeah. Like, that happens to me. And I've been like realizing that more. It happens more. to everyone. It happens to me yeah. too. I'll be like, I'll, I'll say something that I heard someone else say. And I'll always think, like, I don't even know if that's true. Yeah. Like, it sounds true to me, but that the exact opposite view sounds true to someone else. And, you know, Fox News will be saying something, and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not true. And then CNN will be saying something. I'm like, I don't think that sounds right. And it's like, you just see everyone, like, pandering to their market. They're just trying to, like, increase their market share and increase profits and stuff. And you're like, who am I supposed to, like, listen to? And it's like, in the information age, it's your responsibility to filter through it and have like a critical mindset. And I think long form, like you were saying, is long form podcasts or even like eBooks and stuff like that when you, you know, working out and reading in air quotes, a book like through uh, Audible or something like that is like, it's available to us now, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like a way better way to get information. And like for one thing that I noticed is I'd like listen to someone on a podcast that I, thought I didn't like or didn't agree with and by the end of two and a half hours I'm like whoa this guy's like really normal yeah or this isn't or at least you can at least you can uh for most people I think the same thing um you can see the at least 
humanity in the person, which is so funny that I think everyone's like fighting and, and I think both sides are like dehumanizing the other yeah. and then claiming that they're being dehumanized, which is true. <laughs> they actually are by the other side, but it's like, yeah. but you're yeah. still, but you're doing it too. And it's like, you listen to someone and I love when, when people come on that I don't necessarily or thought I didn't like, and yeah. I still might not agree with what they say, but it's good to hear them being like, you know, kind or at least um, hearing why they think this way, even yeah. though I don't agree with it. Um, and that goes on both sides. People from from left and right that I probably just misunderstood is what I yeah. think. And even even if I understand them and I still don't agree with what they say, right? Uh, when did that become such a bad thing? I, I just disagree with you. Yeah. And as long as you're not saying your way is the truth and my way is wrong and I'm not saying the same to you, it's good to try to find some common ground and move forward or even, you know, we're not speaking to these people, we're just listening to them. Yeah. It's good to just kind of, you don't even need to reformulate your ideas, but you can reformulate how you view the people who have the opposite ideas to you. At the very least, listening to opposite ideas can only strengthen your arguments. Exactly. Because you hear it and you, when you hear something that you fundamentally don't agree with, immediately Mm -hmm. arguments pop into your head. Well, that's not right because of this. That's not right because of this. Or how does that make sense if this? And all you're doing is strengthening yourself or becoming a more nuanced thinker in general. Maybe it's, oh, maybe that wasn't quite as wrong as I thought it was. Or it wasn't wrong in the same way. Or, oh, look, at this guy actually has the same goal as me, but he thinks uh, personal responsibility will fix it. And this person thinks more like government subsidies into addiction will fix the homelessness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's like, yeah. they both kind of want the same thing, but they actually fundamentally believe that one thing will fix it and or the other and that the other doesn't fix it. Yeah, and then they're you getting know. angry because they're not understanding the, uh, the other side actually wants the same thing, but they think they're, they don't understand. And man, it's Star Wars, right? It's when you, when you don't understand something and you fear it and you fear it, you're angry with it and you're angry with it, you hate it. Right. And it's like... Oh yeah, I know the you, quote... Yeah, you fear you, leads to it does. Peace. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And it, I didn't think that at first. Yeah. I didn't realize it, but it's true because it's like you you don't know. You're so far removed from the other side that you think that they have not none of your same interests and stuff because they mm-hmm. don't have the same methodology. They don't they don't think the same as you. Yeah. But then you naturally, I think it's human nature to to think that you know you that they're not doing something on that's on the same level as you because yeah. they're opposite you. But really because you're not understanding it, you're fearing it. And when you're fearing it, you know, you end up hating it. Yeah. And when you hate, I mean, everyone, no one wants hate. I think both sides don't want hate and, but they yeah. accuse the other side of hating constantly. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of hate going around, but I think that hate, if you distill it down is really just fear misplaced. And that fear comes from a lack of understanding. Yeah. From immigration. It's yeah. fear. Totally. Everyone's afraid. Yeah. People who don't want immigration are just afraid of it. Yeah. And then that that fear is leading to the hatred. Like, why would you hate someone from, from somewhere different than you based on no other reason that they're different than you? There's yeah. no real reason. Mm-hmm. But when you're afraid and you don't understand them and you think they're going to come do things that harm you. That's what it is. It's, it's just tribal. It's basically it's just it's, it's ignorance at a level that should, I think you should have compassion to those people and be like, they're really having a hard time with this. Yeah. And, but instead, they get hated on more because it's like, you hate people, so I hate you. And I'm like, maybe we should kind of look at it from a view where it's like, you, know, you, don't, you don't let people off the hook. You don't say like, oh, all your, your actions are fine. But you'd be like, no, those actions aren't fine. But how do we actually like, try to fix it, try to go forward? Right. Maybe we get to the root problem. That's 
my personal belief, and I yeah. know not everyone thinks that, but solving root problems is much more important than topical. It's hard to even get there. Problems. It's hard. Like, I, and that's I the think, thing. Yeah. All, all my things I want to do are so hard. I can't even tell you how we would do it. I just think oh, God, that yeah. that's what we should do. But then I don't have any ideas. I have no solutions on what to actually do about it. No real solutions. Like the 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 two sides, the deplatforming on the left really drives me crazy, and then like the trolling mentality of the right. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like those are like two of the really fundamental issues mm-hmm. with each side. The fact, like deplatforming, shouting, they, they shouting both, speakers they down. Both harm, they both harm their own. Like they undermine what they're trying to yeah, do. Because totally. when you, that trolling takes away any sort of legitimate progress that anyone wants to make on the right. Yeah. Because all, all you gotta do is have one troll in a whole line of, of comments or a whole line of whatever, and then the whole thing delegitimized. Yeah. Because the trolls are there. Because trolls are are not. They're not trying to do something legitimate, right? They're they're trying to actually, to troll people. Yeah, they're just and then and, and on and honestly, and and like when I say the left and right, I'm talking like extremes. major general generalities and on the farther ends. Yeah, right? extremes. Yeah, and so like, it's very easy to get a reaction out of someone who's very far left, because they're so uptight about, um, group issues like gender and race and stuff like this. And they seem to get offended so easily by, I don't know what it is, just speech, I guess. Like speech is power and all these kinds of ideas that I think these like people on the right who are not serving themselves or their ideas find it so easy to troll them, right? And they're, they're their enemy, they think. So they actually want them to just be, Ups- they want to they want them. them. Suffer, they they, they want, want them to suffer yeah, and be Which upset. is not good because like, I, I just think that's it's petty and... Like, I think it can be pretty funny sometimes, but well, that being said, yeah. it is petty and it's, it's just not helpful for I anyone. Just, I wonder how much, I wonder how much certain people are actually offended or if it's just become like, that's what, what we should believe that anything that said we should be offended and then they don't actually feel the offense, but it's like, we have to acknowledge this because otherwise it's not being yeah. Like otherwise, we're we're gonna go back to the way it was, and people aren't gonna take it as serious. Because as much as people don't want to admit it, we've made such strides. Look at the language people use. Look at how accepting uh, the majority of the population is of of gay marriage in the states, for instance. Oh, I mean, in Canada, yeah. it's been since I, I we grew up with it being fine. Yeah. Like I, I think in the states, it's shifted. You forget that Obama was against it. Yeah, and Clinton. Like it wasn't always like the Democrats weren't even always on board with it. Like it, this shift has happened because people have put in a lot of work. Yeah, and made a lot of progress. And that's what the sides are supposed to do to each other. The reason that we have two, like it fundamentally looks like we have two different kinds of people on a spectrum, and one type of people is more for openness and inclusion, and one type of people is more for like protection and borders like we want not the enemy to come in we want stronger military these people were like we want more art more food more openness more Mm -hmm. information exchange and you can't have one or the other but but you need both you need both and and our system is perfect it's always left-wing person right-wing person left-wing person right-wing person because the amount of people that are like entrenched on each side is maybe smaller than you think. And then there's sort of like an oscillating center or centralists or whatever you want to call it who, okay, the liberals were in for eight years or something like that. And like, this isn't, this isn't working for X, Y, Z. And yet they, 
a bunch of things are now better in those eight, in that decade of like more acceptance of this, more acceptance of that. But then we go back and they're more worried about the economy and borders. And then that gets better for a few eight years and then something else drops off and then it switches back to that. But slowly, like a stock market grid zigzagging upwards, everything's going up, yeah. but it goes back and forth and back and forth. But forward, always. Yeah, it's always it's it's one of those graphs uh, where you look at it too closely and it might look like it's going down. Right, because yeah. it is going down. Say in this one instance, right? Yeah. Like say in this year, this month, it's going down. But you zoom out and it's like, oh, the trend is yeah, going up. Yeah, hundred percent. Same with like climate data, right? Like people wanted to cherry pick that and be like, look, it's not warming because they zoom into a four month period. It's like, well, zoom out. Yeah. It's getting warmer. This yeah. is not debatable. And society is improving. That's not debatable. Now, yeah. personal experience is such a, a powerful thing, though. It doesn't matter how good society is getting if you're experiencing some sort of uh, some sort of injustice against you, or you're experiencing something that's like oh, that yeah. hits home. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that True. that yeah. worldwide poverty is is improving so so much better than it ever has in the past. It doesn't matter that yeah. you know food security that less than. I, I heard this, and again, it's kind of what you said. I heard this. I'm going to repeat it. I'm not sure if it's 100% true. But I heard less than a million people starve to death out of 7 point something billion. The, yeah. That percentage. Now, it's still too many if a million people are dying. I, but the percentage is, yeah. is so low compared to before we had society that was functioning well. Yeah. You know, even like just a few hundred years ago, you had a lot more people starving. And you want to talk about humanity before we, we started really... Uh, improving it was it was common yeah like you like nobody knew where their next meal was coming from unless you could find a what a giant thing of salt and salt your meat yeah and smoke it or whatever like it wasn't oh man like we're going always like this history and, was a nightmare and it, i just what i find perplexing to me is that people doing the most good people who are who are pushing that are progressive and actually helping and actually moving things forward are doing a good job, I think. But they're the most critical and and least observant of the pro of the progress that they're actually making. Right. It's like all I, I see my friends that are doing good things and they're the ones complaining the most about how bad things are. Right. And you're like, but it's getting better, and a lot of the work you're doing is is making it get better. Not yeah. just you, not just them, but like the the people that are pushing for this in general, and. It's not going to harm your mission to admit that we're improving and admit that things are better right now than they were 15 years ago. Yeah. And admit that that people aren't as evil as everyone says they are. There's yeah. a lot of misunderstanding and there's a lot of issues. And yes, there's always more work to do. And I mean, that's pretty obvious. I think everyone should agree there's more work to do. But it doesn't mean you negate everything we've done before and say that we're and, not... And getting better and lose your appreciation for what yeah, you have. like gratitude the appreciation yeah. of it is huge and the, that uh, statistics even better than you think it's actually the only people that are now starving on earth are the people who are being starved by their governments so starvation like death from starvation it actually isn't happening anywhere unless the government's imposing it and then the food and, and aid we send there is, is actually is getting to is taken by the government so the food and aid is actually getting to where it needs yeah. to be and again it's so complex too that's that, but that's how good it that's is that's what i mean and I, and the low, yeah. check this out the lowest rates of child mortality at birth what is it uh, infant mortality infant mortality rates the or or the highest rates rather the highest rates now are nearly identical to the 
to uh, the child mortality rates in 1960s Britain. So the worst in the world is now about the same as it was in the 60s in Britain. Wow. Like, you, you can't even believe how good things are right now. You would never even believe it if all you did was watch the news. Well, yeah, except... You would think the like the world was a millisecond away so, from being set on so fire. True. But that's why. But the news I choose to read and how the algorithms work, whatever. It, it tends to show me more positive things. I tend to follow, like fusion uh, progress and um, uh, certain international development, um, like how how things are so much better. The jump in parts of Africa to how much better it is today than before um, is incredible. You look at. At what like ARVs have done for for HIV, for instance, and the oh yeah, uh, life expectancy is now the same. Yeah, for someone who has HIV to someone who doesn't. That's crazy. And it, you just take one pill a day, so you're never cured, but you're you can live a normal life. Yeah. And this has been happening, and it doesn't make front page news. P- people, I bet the average person would think it's still yeah. like just people dying left, right, and center. Kind of what you just said, though. The only places where that's not happening are places where the government is not allowing uh, those those drugs to be readily available for everybody. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. If people think if they're appreciative, it means that we're going to start slacking off and just settle. And then we're not going to make any more progress. I don't know if these people are just naturally pessimistic and maybe it's just how these people are. And maybe the, the fight to make things better is what goes along that kind of personality. So maybe there is no, it's like compassion run rampant. So yeah, maybe it's maybe like compassion need, to a fault, almost, maybe, which sounds like count, which sounds like an oxymoron. But maybe that's what you need. Maybe these people wouldn't be pushing so hard for the stuff if they didn't have that. And maybe the downside to that is they can't be satisfied. Maybe right. like how an OCD person can't be satisfied with someone being clean, even though it's so clean. Yeah. Like maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't have that. Like I have an appreciation, and I feel like I have compassion, but not on the level to devote my whole life to people I don't know. I mean. I'm devoting a lot of my time, energy to environmental um, causes that that are in line with what I studied and, and stuff. But I mean, I, I applaud those people doing that stuff, and I appreciate it. But then I also don't appreciate the saying how we live in the worst time ever when it's oh, by no. every statistical measure the best, and then people just cite a lot of a lot of instances, right? A lot of first-hand accounts or a lot of... Um, but it's relative suffering. It, it's so relative yeah. because if you want to focus in on Chicago right now and like gun violence happening in the States, right. it's going to paint a different picture than the overall picture of the country, which is improving slowly. Yet, if you live in the heart of South Side Chicago, it doesn't matter what's happening on a grand scale. It matters that people around you are still dying. Yeah. So I get that part of it, but I don't... I guess what I don't like is misrepresented truth purposefully. Yeah. Right? I don't like when people know what is really happening and they try to twist it and be like, oh, but it doesn't matter because I think this is better. It's like, I, I just want to know, personally, I want to know the truth on things. I want to know, and I'm not talking about personal relationships and, and between people. I'm talking about like the truth on what is happening statistically, what is happening scientifically, what is going on. Because if you know what that is, if you have that base, then you can make decisions. Like, right. So for climate change, for instance, which, I mean, it's good, pretty good for this in Canada. Even though with Jason Kenney just winning and he's going to cut the carbon tax, there's a whole another issue with that I don't want to get into. But <laughs> use the states as an example of people still denying the climate change 
Like a lot more people are denying climate change. Exists. Well, I think what's but, but actually what do, happening is where it's being attributed. Because I don't think anyone denies that it's no, but changing. Some, some people, but, but people don't. Th- some I, people maybe. deny it, right? But what I'm, all I'm trying to say is when you deny it, you can't even have a conversation. Yeah. Now you can acknowledge because it's beyond a reasonable doubt that it is happening. It's yeah. scientifically proven that at, it's least, at the happening. very least, carbon dioxide keeps in the, the re-rated heat that comes out of the earth yeah. and it makes it warmer. Like that's the, the most basic thing there is. That, that's real. What I'm saying is, and this is what Alberta is like, I think a lot of people don't realize it. A lot of people here, most people that I know of anyways, uh, most people I talk to in the environmental or even oil industry here, know that it's happening. They just don't think that a carbon tax is a good idea, even though I, yeah. myself, economists, a lot of people think it is. But whatever, that's what I'm trying to say. You can discuss what the best way forward is to deal right. with it, but by not acknowledging it's even a thing, it's it's a pointless and it's it's, it's harming it's, yeah. every day that we're not moving forward on what we should do about a solution. And that's that's what I feel is that you gotta just have all the the, the real truth, what is really happening, and then you can decide what to do. Right. So we talk about like obviously there isn't inequality and there are all these issues, but when you blow it out of proportion one way and you say that this is this inequality is happening because of something, we don't know what the cause is. It could be a lot of things. I think a lot of inequality is rooted in people not having the same opportunities when they're young, and then it, it comes up to when you become an adult, and then a lot of people want to just say, oh, because it's not equal, this is just the person hiring is making the decisions wrong, and like they're right. being racist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, it's like, again, back to my like core belief, you got to treat the, the root cause, what happens when people are young, or what happens when people are being in their formative years, and... I think we need to have the, just a more honest discussion on that and being like, look, just because there, there is this inequality, but what's right. causing it is a bigger issue Yeah. because then you can move forward in the right way. When you just throw the Band-Aid solution at it and you're like, all you got to do is get yeah. someone who looks different in that position. What's that helping? How's that helping anything but your image as a company that yeah. you're now hiring people who look different from, like everyone looks different. You're not actually helping the people growing up and, and the communities that need people to have a better livelihood and better lives right. going forward. And I feel like a lot of times what's thrown at problems is the fe- the feel-good solution. I feel like there's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of just, oh, this makes me feel good, and but it's not actually helping. But it feels good to take that stance and to support that way or w- whatever that is. Like one thing that really happened to me after I got sober was like adopting personal responsibility for things. Like there's like a statistic, the most amount of people who pedestrians who get hit by cars get hit in crosswalks. The reason being you look left and right and you take responsibility for your safety when you're jaywalking. Yeah. But when the light turns and society's doing it for you, you'd stop looking. I see people with headphones in looking at their feet, crossing the road on, in front of me on like sometimes. And, I, and I'm like, how do you even do that? Because like, I get nervous every time I step clearly, into the road. They clearly never left Canada because you do that in any other country, even in Europe. Oh, and yeah. get smashed. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so I see like this thing where f- for me, I was so, so, so much more on the side of people need like help. We need like government institutions and money and tax- more taxes to like help people who are struggling. And now that I'm sober and like that... I've worked like really hard for the things that I've been doing and I worked really hard to get sober. You cannot get sober unless you blame everything on yourself. 
Mm-hmm. You just won't get sober because anytime it's someone else's problem, then you medicate. You're like, wh- when your arm's broken, you need to take medicine for that. But if you just have this thought that your arm's broken and you're just taking like pills for it or something. Mm-hmm. And so like ever, ever kind of since then, I think there the conservative argument is like more of like a fatherly tough love. It's like smarten up, get your act together, take responsibility for your life. Stop complaining. No one cares that X, Y, Z happened to you when you were a kid, figure it out. And then the liberal side is a more mothery compassionate side where it's like, well, these people had this, I never had that problem or I can understand like how hard that kind of thing is. And the right amount is obviously in the middle. middle, Yeah. And we just got two sides who are just going, they're just losers. They're just coming over the border and raping everyone. Or, the, you know, these people are homeless because they're idiots or whatever it is. And then the other side is like everyone who's, everyone's a victim. Everyone's had like everything bad happened to them and they, they're and anguish. Yeah. And, and everything is, is like justified. And it's like, it's in the middle. It's neither. It's both need to happen. You need to take personal responsibility and you need a little help too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Yeah. I, I think that's, it, it's funny. Cause like, I, I still think I'm more liberal and because I think that I like when everything is, um, I think you're so right. Like you can't get sober unless you put on yourself. Right. Right. But I think like not everyone wants to get sober. Do you know what oh, I mean? No. So, so I think 100%. that my, like the liberal me thinks that like I, I want as much taken care of everybody just for the people that don't a lot of people don't really want to do anything that, that hard uh, for themselves even if it does lead to good things but at any time you want to you can choose to do it so in the meantime I think uh, and I'm not extreme about it but I really think that everyone should have you know, obviously health care access to affordable housing yeah. access to affordable food and, I agree. and uh, a lot of programs available for people to deal with things especially when if people aren't well equipped to deal with things and let's help them like that. But, yeah. but the responsibility yeah. just, it's like another level. It's like when you do that, then you just succeed at a level you never thought. Right. Or that you maybe you really didn't think you could attain. Yeah. And, and it is that kind of, that, that tough love. Um, but I, you know, I experienced so much cause when I grew up around, uh, especially cause you know, I grew up playing basketball and football and, and most of my friends were black and especially like the American black dudes who did have, it really hard. Yeah. But these guys were succeeding and they were, they were using that as motivation, mm-hmm. you know, and they were saying like, I have it harder than other people and I'm still going to succeed. Yeah. And that's, it's helping me succeed. Right. I'm not advocating for you to have a hard life. I'm not saying go move to, to a place that is very hard to live in with no opportunities right, right, right. just to toughen yourself up. Yeah. I'm just saying that I really noticed that growing up, this mindset and it was inspiring to me it was like it was like yeah I'm gonna go and and I'm gonna I had a very fortunate so I should be taking advantage of that and yeah. doing even more and that's why like I think that's why I was able to play basketball and football at university and still get my school done and stuff I was like I have these opportunities I'm gonna use them yeah these other guys didn't have the opportunities they just made it happen they were just like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do it regardless there's there's this idea that like radical change happens at the brink and that's the argument against like welfare and stuff like that is that you don't you don't like i wouldn't have gotten sober unless i got to the brink the rock bottom as they call it yeah or there's a lot of people 
for like the the argue the argument for climate change is usually that climate change is happening, but people aren't doing it. That's like the really conservative, I think, argument. I think yeah, there are some a, people it's who a, deny it's happening altogether, it's, it's, which is lunacy. There's, but, there's more people you think that deny it altogether because they look at the graphs where it's decreasing in this. Oh, I've seen there. that. Yeah, no, that's there's, insane. But there's more people yeah. doing that than you think. Yeah, maybe that's but true. But the other the other thing you just talked about is also super nonsense because obviously humans are putting carbon dioxide in the air. But whatever. Oh yeah, no. But the point is, like, the argument for that would be. We're, we'll fix this through innovation, technology, invention, and not through carbon taxes. Or this guy will only get sober when he hits rock bottom. Or those people will only um, like try and improve their lives if they don't have government support. I can't remember where I started that because we, we fell off the uh, road on climate change a little bit. But, but there's like this idea that change happens like at the brink. Yeah. That's true, I think. What I advocate for, though, or not only advocate for, which is what I think, is that that's true, but there should still be stuff available for the people that, even at the brink, oh, yeah. just don't want to do it. I agree completely. I just feel like I've just been feeling conser- some conservative ideas have been resonating with me more on the philosophical level than when I was younger. And I feel like a lot of it doesn't get a good. Um, like doesn't get a good, like a good shake. Like it's it's not getting a fair well, hearing a con- lot. Conservatism is wrapped in every negative connotation you can think. Yeah, of right. Right now, racism and and a lot of it, a lot of it is is true insofar as that it has been the case. Right. right? But they're not necessarily the ideas themselves aren't necessarily that. It's just a lot of people that have those ideas are also happen yeah. to be. Races, prejudice. Uh, again, like I said, it's all based on fear, though. All these people right. are feel this way. There's the only reason to ever be, to ever feel racist is you're afraid. Oh there's yeah. There's no, there's zero reason to not like somebody based on the color of their skin. There is not a reason. Yeah. There's not a reason to not like another human being based on something that they cannot control, and that has no actual impact on anything. Yeah. It doesn't change anything about yeah. you. Oh yeah. Except for how you look standing next to somebody you have different skin color that's that's so trivial it's not even a thing yeah yet it's made into this huge issue and it's it's all because of fear it's all because yeah. of lack of understanding it's all because of misplaced and thoughts I think, on what things are P- people who have no idea how to take how to separate one person's actions with that representing an entire group right people not understanding all these yeah, things totally. and they just have happened to be largely conservative so now even if you say you have a conservative thought you're thought of as being you're racist right you think conservative i'm not even so sure that's that there is so much racism in conservatism but certainly racism sexism what the, at the all that extreme, stuff is gone down at in, the extreme right there's a ton of it yeah i would say that's true for sure like but the extreme right bad. like the extreme well, left is a small percentage of yeah people. and it's it's uh it's scary yeah, you know, it's not. I don't know what you could take good out of it. <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's a terrible idea. But it There's does. No re- but it does represent. It. But it, to be fair, though, it does represent. It is on the right, the same as the extreme left is really tainting what it means to be left. Now people are hating right. people on the left, even if you're just yeah. a liberal person. Like I'm, I'm a liberal person. To be labeled as something because the extreme left is dragging this whole side with it. Yeah. 
and it is happening. It's only fair to attribute that to the right as well. That that this extreme right is dragging down. It is hard to to say you're conservative when that is part of the right. It's the loud, loud, it loud, loud, annoying. loud minority. It's so annoying. They're just it's there's a huge a thing. oscillating center of people who are like have some political ideas and some liberal ideas. I would say I'm still more liberal than I am conservative, but I'm much less liberal than I am than I was ten years ago. Like much. So you less. know what's funny? I'm more liberal than I was ten years ago. Oh really? But it seems as if I'm less because the whole landscape shifted so far. Because of how loud but the minorities as, are. But as far as my the, own views have actually become more liberal. A lot of stuff I learned in grad school and, and with hanging out with people from so many different cultures and places. And I already did growing up, like I said, grew up with so many people that were, that, you know, we all looked different. We all came from different backgrounds. We all got along. And, and for me, that was never an issue. It was, it was never even a thing. I didn't even know this was an issue for other people until I got older and I right. went through the, the non-athlete world. Yeah. But, you know, as far as, as uh, fighting for equality and, and being a part of these things and, and changing language, we, like think of the words we used to say. Yeah. Um, the way it's changed, I definitely am technically more liberal. Like based on, yeah. if you look at my language, uh, the things I support and just having a better understanding of what it means like to, to push for equality and that kind of stuff. Yet it seems like nothing, or not nothing, it seems like less, that I'm less liberal in general. That because, sounds like centrist stuff now. Like, Well, that's the thing is, is now I'm, see I don't know how far it's gone, but yeah. just say I, I was always left of center. I was always liberal. Yeah. And then I got more liberal. But as I got more liberal, it seems like the center shifted more to the left. Yeah. So now if I would have stayed in the original position, maybe that would be considered conservative. So I'm yeah. still like the same amount, even though I've actually done or have more liberal. You become more liberal, but the liberal, the far left has accelerated more liberal faster yeah. than you have. Yeah. So, so now it, you're closer to the center. Yeah. Almost. So now it's made me, I basically haven't changed. Even yeah. Though I've changed. Right. Because relatively. Yeah. 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 I've kind of, it's like the moon. I've just been in the same kind of spot as everything else is, is moving. So, yeah. Uh, which is interesting because, but I also wonder if that shift would have occurred if it didn't elongate that way. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if it wasn't such a, a prevalent thing. So maybe that's an argument that as bad as I think extremes are, maybe for the people more in the middle, it could help out. I think and that's I still, true. I don't agree with extremes. I, I, I think I the really extreme like left. Them, but yeah. maybe they're helping this oscillating middle come together. I think that's true. I was just thinking that. Yeah, you're probably right. Like the very loud alt-right and the very loud alt-left is pushing all the people closer together like yeah and maybe some people who are center right are agreeing now with people who are center left yeah and maybe i think that's like true liberal people who are feel like they're being kind of disenfranchised by they don't want to go extreme but they also don't want to be conservative yeah. are maybe thinking well maybe i can talk to these people because like center right isn't as bad as like crazy way far left yeah and maybe vice versa maybe people on the right and be like i don't want to associate with alt-right people like that's, oh totally that's 100 that's scary yeah it's, it's Horrible, but then you messages. can't also just call everyone alt right and or everyone. <laughs> well, you can, you can, but then yeah. you're doing a disservice to your own agenda because yeah. you're actually then legitimizing people who are in the alt right because then you're saying we can't tell who's who. Yeah, and then you're being like, oh, then you're you're actually like everyone actually a, think these horrible things, but yeah. you're gonna get off because you can just say, oh, but everyone's labeled that. Yeah, 
it's crazy. And the people who seem to be yelling the loud about this are like in the Ivy League schools, like the most privileged people on the planet are calling like Ben Shapiro a Nazi. He's, he's a Jew. They're that, calling, they're calling for, Sam Harris uh, uh, like alt-right. And you're like, what are you talking about? He's not even like close to that. That's where nuance comes in because you could say enough bad things, uh, well, as far as like disagreeing with their their message, yeah. Uh, especially Ben Shapiro, you can say so many things. Oh yeah, message. but exactly, calling him a Nazi doesn't help because you're not actually you're not talking about any of his ideas or why he's he's not making good sense, why his arguments aren't good. You're just saying you're this thing that's bad, and meanwhile, by definition, he's the farthest thing from a Nazi. Yeah, he's an Orthodox Jew <laughs> who is the enemy of the all right. It really doesn't make sense, but again, these people don't like him. Yeah. And they just say... There's good reasons not to like him. That's what I'm saying. Is like, you don't like him, but you're just being too lazy to actually say why you don't like him to go through yeah. the arguments. So you're just calling him the worst word you can think of. Yeah. Which d- literally doesn't apply to him whatsoever is is kind of crazy. Like, this is like the, the example I was telling you earlier. I commented on a, a, like a vegan thing about animal abuse and stuff like that. And I was saying it might be better to have... To, to legislate for much better farming practices and to eat older animals so that they have longer, better lives. Instead, my argument was sort of based around the idea that animals in the wild don't grow old and die. They get eaten alive rear end first while they're like, if you've ever seen videos like that, it's horrifying. I hate watching stuff like that. Um, but the first thing that happened, and it was... All I said was they, they should be farmed better, have nice open range lives. That would be amazing. Eat older, uh, like older uh, animals like mutton and stuff like that. Um, and all that happened was I was like, just like voraciously insulted. Just the first like comment was shut up fool exclamation mark. Go with your ignorant. I'm like, man, I was making a really like, I felt very middle of the road. There is a balance, What's right? What's the thing is, and- Say, I'll play devil's advocate. I could be someone who's a very hardcore vegan right now. Right. And say, like, if I don't agree with that, I should tell you I don't agree with it. I should say, I don't think it's right under any circumstance to eat an animal or to keep them in in captivity or have them under your watch or whatever. Right. Uh, And then you can can talk about Respond to that. Yeah, I know. And say, you know, well, I think that... uh, it is humane and it's a good source for us to, to get our protein and things that helped us get to where we are in right. life without eating meat. Yeah. Humans would not be where we are now. My whole argument was that farming doesn't have to be inhumane, yeah. right? It can be very, very, very well, humane. And this, and it comes, and again, we talked about this before with the assumption on you can't know what animals want. Right. Now, obviously nothing wants to be eaten. Cows might love just having a free range life, not worrying about wolves. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it goes back to what we talked about with giraffes, right? You don't know if a giraffe likes being in a zoo or not. And you could say I, that sounds so stupid because obviously they don't. Because a human wouldn't want to be. I can tell giraffes love being in a zoo. <laughs> Gira- I, giraffes are a good example for that too because... They look like they're actually enjoying themselves. I've, I've heard that giraffes are like really, um, what's it called, placid and like very much seem happy yeah. animals at the zoo. They're not... Whereas a lion seems like he might be But that's the thing. But... And yeah, because they like to hunt. But yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying, I'm not saying I know one way or the other. I'm not saying I know the drafts like being. But nobody or does. that they don't. Right. Nobody does. Yeah. I would guess probably not, 
I guess you probably want to be in nature just because it's what you're used to. Or they'd be but, happier. Yeah. But maybe they do like it. Maybe the stress of watching out for for lions at every moment is not is is not worth um, a free life. Like maybe yeah. you'd like being there better right. than just chill. I don't know. I'm not saying I do know. I'm just saying you yeah. can't you can't say that you know they don't. I'm just saying yeah. I can't say I know they do. And I'm not I'm not in that that industry. I'm not trying to go and I know, animals. And stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying that's just an example of like, you know, we don't know, you don't know if like farm animals wouldn't and even that's exist like more... for people. Like, like they wouldn't even be alive and be conscious. So it's a, it's a wicked problem, right? It's, there's a lot of layers to it. It's, there's no simple fix. Yeah. And so even if we just stop eating all of them completely, you don't breed another cow ever again, another chicken or whatever. Like they're not living in the wild anywhere. Like right. Those animals will cease to exist anyway. No, that's not an argument saying I'm right and then we should eat meat. I'm just saying, like, what what do you do? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You talk through it. And, you, and, don't, you don't but insult yeah. people. You talk through it and you both come to some... You don't need to come to an understanding where you both agree. You just need to maybe take away either a point from the other side that makes a little bit of sense or refine your own position better. Be like, what you said really makes no sense at all to me and, and I'm seeing clearly... Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing more clearly why it doesn't yeah. because this makes actually even more sense now is why it's so important to have a conversation. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like, I feel like that's just not, it's happening. I'm not sure. It's hard to say if it's happening less or not because you never know what percentage of the population is being loud. Yeah. I feel like most people aren't like talking about this or saying this or that. Like, and like what you were saying there is a very like center idea of you don't know what the animal wants but i know for sure in your mind if you could abolish probably zoos you'd say yeah we don't need zoos let the animals be free right there's like yeah in a like in a large scale but even like the belize zoo only takes in injured animals from the wild that are in belize right so like yeah. there's there's some good yes yeah. there's, there's some animals that but then there's even another side of that it's like should we breed pandas they would have went extinct just on on minimal human invasiveness they, they would have been oh, extinct yeah. by us just having low technology impact, like not even because we're just deforesting everything. Yeah. It's like they're not very well suited to survive. They, they probably in, in a... They're high all the time. I don't know how long. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I imagine that they go extinct on their own in, in some time. I thought that too about them actually. Yeah. That, so so yeah. like we're, we're basically deciding all these things and people say it's playing God, but I don't think it's playing God. I think it's... We humans have the power. We're the only right. species that has the power to do this stuff. And like I told you before, I think if any other species had this power, they would use that power. I think we're yeah. actually pretty good stewards of our power considering how complex life is yeah. and how many differing views there are and how there's no blueprint. One of my favorite things that I always go back to is that is how we all evolve from single-cell organisms with no blueprint. Right. There is no you know, grand conductor in the sky telling us how we should be living right. our lives and stuff where we've just come to this point and i think we're doing pretty good considering we were never handed like a, a clean slate yeah right? we came from a bunch of muddled evolutionary mess that we're coming right from. and even when like we're trying to make societies we're, we're all we're coming into more modern societies out of archaic ones and like we're never just we're get, we're never it's, just given it's all new territory yeah we're never just given yeah. a kingdom and being like you know like the this story is, the story of adam and eve is not real we never just were plopped in and been like hey here's paradise like don't mess it up yeah yeah it was like no 
we kind of came into consciousness and don't really know what we're doing. Yeah. I always make this argument with, uh, I remember like people in high school and stuff would be like, wouldn't anarchy be awesome, man? I'm like, but this is anarchy. <laughs> what did you think was that? Like, where's, you know what I mean? Yeah. When, if, if let's say you did have like the weird wish of like everything was like anarchical, is that the word? I don't know. Anyways, if everything turned into anarchy and there was no law and stuff, within a year, there would be a whole bunch of structure, a whole bunch of tribes. Yeah. And then eventually, within a thousand years, it would be right here yeah. again. This is anarchy. This is what people do when left to their own devices. We are left to our own devices. Like, yeah. what exactly. did you think was happening yeah. before? You know what will happen? You know what will happen, though? A different, it will just be a different group of people yeah. to take the power. Because an anarchy with no rule in oh, society, yeah. the be, strongest people are The scariest gonna, people yeah, would take will the rise to the power. Yeah. And then eventually, it, you said, it would... It would just like, if life gets wiped out, something survives, some organisms, and then it'll evolve again and it'll look way different just like we look way different than dinosaurs do right but it'll happen it'll happen yeah. differently but it'll happen at a basic structure level the same yeah and it's so interesting it is me. crazy how different humans are i how, mean you could make the like, you could make the claim oh they're not we're not that different from animals but like because people will make that claim we're not so different them and us but like if you're looking at it from our perspective and even from the animal's perspective, it's not, it's, no, I think there's no animal even close. There's a fundamental difference. Yeah. I think about this. When we go to Mars, it's, How far like, are dolphins away from getting to Mars, dude? That's, <laughs> that's How many millions? What I'm saying yeah. is, is, it's not about intelligence even, it's about, it's a fundamental difference that we're able to harness the power of, like we can almost act as a giant organism because we can use yeah, right. all our individual brains together crazy. to work on something that will get us to a different planet. Yeah. I'm saying, and I've said this before, <clears throat> that if when we go to Mars, we've joined an exclusive club in the universe. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care what kind of alien life is out there, how advanced they are. When you're able to go to another planet, you've joined a club. Like we will be up in. Doesn't matter if they have interstellar travel and all this like interdimensional stuff or whatever yeah I, I feel like when you go to a different planet you you enter a club of like for sure. at least the first tier you're in the first it's tier of this absolute club milestone like, yeah like i think right now it's really cool what we've done and, and it's amazing we've gone to the moon and it's amazing the technology we have and stuff but like you said we're still we're we're different than animals but we're still like an animal i think the cutoff is going to be when we go to a different planet i think we join this like elite group yeah of of interstellar beings because totally. it's crazy. You literally say, "Okay, I was born on this planet. I'm, I'm here, but I'm going to go to another one." And That's have the means. Unbelievable. To do it. Yeah, I can't even like. It's incredible. The fact me. that we can even do that, people don't you understand people, how complex things are. How many years thousands ago? of people it took to 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 make that math work? Could this? And to me, this is the other thing, though, and this kind of blows my mind a bit. But like, we are that fundamentally different as humans, but. 200 years ago, if you mentioned going to Mars, was not even... Uh, I think a lot of people back then didn't even really understand that Mars is a different planet, how far away it was. Oh, no. Get definitely it. not. And then to say, hey, in 200 years from now, uh, which is like seven generation, give or take, right? Maybe eight. Uh, we're going to go to that planet. Yeah. We're going to actually physically go. We're going to yeah, have the technology and be able to do it. Especially when you impossible. say... Impossible. You'd say that's impossible. Generations. You'd say that's impossible. Yeah. You would say there's no oh, physical that, way to flight do Flight would have been impossible. That's what I'm saying. You don't even have yeah. flight yet. How would you imagine doing that? Right. So 
that also begs the question, 200 years from now, especially because it's actually oh, yeah. accelerating, what can what could someone tell us from 200 years in the future come back to tell us now that what happened? And we would say there's absolutely no way. Like, I do not I believe I bet we it. can fix the climate. Well, I... I, that, I, think, I, I'm really, I think, I'm really, I'm really betting can. on innovation and technology to fix this problem. That's my whole shtick, man. <laughs> because I think that's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Because you won't stop. It's okay. It's like the vegan thing. You won't stop people from eating meat. So maybe the better thing to do is to legislate and make it more sustainable and make it yeah. uh, and more start, humane and start growing the lab grown meat for people who want to yeah. use that one. And then you, you'll, you're not going to stop China, yeah. India, or the U S from burning fossil fuels. Or slowing ah, down, probably. Ah, you won't stop them, but you know what you can do. But it won't. I don't think it'll happen to any great degree. You, yeah, you know what I think will happen is you offer an alternative that is better. Yeah, exactly. Innovation and technology. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So SMR reactors, thorium power. This is what I'm actually working on right now is trying to get this thorium power uh, in place of the coal plants. So what you could do is take this SMR reactor, put it... So right you should explain coal, that because I have no idea what Okay, that is. SMR uh, reactor, small modular reactor, they're, they use thorium instead of uranium. Okay. I so, think I've heard this. Is like cleaner or something like oh that? Oh, man. It's, it's, there's very, very little uh, nuclear waste. Right. Like, like fraction, a fraction of what's from the traditional ones. Yeah. And it's not uranium, so it's way less radioactive. It's for less than 300 years, it's radioactive. Oh, wow. And the so amount like of it... 30,000 years. The amount of it is like one... One one millionth or something the amount of the of the uh, waste that's produced, um, and a ball a golf ball sized uh, ball of uranium will power a city for hundred years. Uh, they're basically self contained. Of they uranium use, or thorium? Sorry, thorium. Thorium, yeah. Yeah, a golf ball of thorium will power a city for hundred years. That's amazing. And they're self contained with uh, liquid molten salt instead of high pressure water, so they can't melt down. Oh, they're so safe. That even the the fundamental problem with the giant nuclear reactors now it doesn't exist. Right. So like, there's no reason not to use these if they work. But everyone's so afraid of the word nuclear, they won't even allow them to be tested to work. It's happening. It's yeah. slowly happening. And I can't fucking believe that we split the atom to boil water. Do you know what I mean? It's unbelievable that we still have to like boil water to get energy out of splitting the atom. Yeah. To harness the energy. Yeah. But there's going to be, I think there's going to be a more direct way uh, to, to harness that, I think. And then there's fusion, which is like, fusion's the crazy thing. It's, where yeah, it's, it, the, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. It's never going to work until it works. And then it changes everything. Yeah. And so I think it's like, you don't put all your eggs in one basket with that, but we should keep an eye on it. It's a very big possibility that that could, I mean, fusion would stop all of it right now. Yeah. Like, there'd be no need... Plastic, but what about right? plastic? You jet planes and stuff like that. Could, so could we? I have a like. What about combustion engines? So I, I, have I guess more, we could replace uh, that now. I have a more, not I'm actually not a controversial curious. view, but I I think I have a good idea for what to do about those. So giant container ships oh, yeah. use more more oil than an average power plant. Yeah. Uh, you put the SMRs on them. Why? Because then you have basically a small power plant on the actual ship and you use the thorium to power the ship as opposed to using oil like a nuclear submarine oh oh right? you mean like on a huge uh on those big containers yeah big container yeah, yeah. ships like a nuclear submarine except instead of it being it is you gotta think of a new word for it because it's nuclear but it's not uranium nuclear and it's not the same it's the same process of splitting it but the the reaction and the 
and the fallout and everything is so different that it right. does not deserve the same I actually thing. remember seeing stuff about that like years and years yeah. ago. I so, wonder what would happen. I think that could work. You could really do that and because they use so much. They, they put so much carbon there. And the other thing yeah. is too, so that, that Green New Deal from AOC, I didn't I haven't read it yet, but someone said she wants to ground all the planes. I've heard it's absolutely like but, crazy. But the, the one the only issue I have well, the only issue that sticks out from what I've heard, because I haven't read it yet, so I don't want to speak on it, but the way of thinking, which really bothers me, is to ground all the airplanes, because going backwards is not the way to go. Right. We can't stop using things we've already started using. Forwards in the right direction. Yeah, so what it takes, though, is you need to think differently. So what's his name? Uh, Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park, the character. Oh, yeah. He said, he called engineers thin-telligent. They're so intelligent and... and thinking in a very straight line oh, and yeah. they can figure things out. You give them a problem and they'll, they'll solve it in like the specs, but like thinking holistically, they right. don't have a clue, right? right? And that's not all engineers. He, he was saying that. Like obviously engineers are people. They can be smart or, or not <laughs> yeah, so smart yeah. or whatever. But I just think this is a, evidence. This example is intelligent and thinking that you ground all the planes and you'll stop the, you'll stop the carbon emissions. Like, yeah, that's great. Well, everyone still flies in China and Asia yeah. and, and all over Africa and all over Europe. So you're not actually helping the problem. United States is taking responsibility for stopping their carbon, but wouldn't it be better if you have a better solution? You have a way forward. And what I think that is, is you you get those uh, those rotor planes, the electric rotor planes. Right. Have you seen them? Like propeller. Is that so what you mean? The, so they're almost like a giant drone, but they're an airplane. Okay. What, what, they're smaller. They carry less people. Yeah. But they're electric. So like each airport could have their own SMR. To fuel all the, the electricity for all these planes, and you can have much smaller How flights. How far is that in the future? Why aren't they using them now? Because I remember hearing they're, about they're this starting. like a decade ago. No, they're starting it, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of incentive for it as of right now. Right. But there will be if you know that's a viable solution that we could stop using jet fuel. <sighs> You're never gonna get the but big corporations to cow to to it. But you don't need a cow. You need to make it more attractive. You need to make yeah, it where yeah. hey, using this is actually better. Because for regular I, I consumers, think, and this is a they're cas- not going to sell their car. It's a cascading you know effect. I mean? This is a cascading effect. What I think, and this is this is my informed opinion. It doesn't mean I'm I'm right, but this is based on a lot of evidence that if you get SMRs that are cheap and provide electricity at almost nothing and a, a very high supply of it, right, uh, like an almost unlimited supply to the airports or whatever, and they could fuel these planes without having to pay a lot of money for that, that electricity, you actually cut the fuel costs, right. Then you actually you have a chance to improve your business because you're actually gonna be fueling these planes with oh, something cheaper than jet fuel. But you then have, you have less people in it, right? Yeah. But you're gonna run more flights. And so what they do too, this is But then what's the incentive for someone to sell that fuel if they're not making as much as they could selling a fossil fuel? Sell what fuel? Sell thorium power. Do you know what I mean? They, People have to yeah. make money off of it, or no one's going to go large scale enough with it. Uh, the, the only in, reason that so the incentive the, this is like a thing on top of my head. Yeah, I don't, I haven't thought about that as much. But think about if the airports had the thorium reactors. So say the thorium reactor is not that expensive relatively. They own it because you know the airport authorities run each, each airport. Right. Then they charge the plane like they charge the companies. Right? right. Not the they don't the fuel is being sold by by oil companies and stuff, but say like they own the SMR and they charge for the fuel, they're charging each plane for the electricity they're, that they're using. Right. And these these prop rotor planes are amazing because they lift up uh, vertically off the ground oh, yeah. and they fly, right? Yeah. Do you know how, 
I don't know that much about the about the how the airports work and, and the cost, but you know every every minute you're delayed at a gate is thousands of dollars. Really? So there's imagine delays are gonna be a thing of the past when you can take oh. off vertically and go. Yeah. Right? You're not sharing taxiways, you're yeah, not I can see that. The, yeah, yeah. the the interconnectivity of an airport really really lessens. All you really need to know is make sure your airspace is clear you're not crashing into each other. But as far as on the ground, you know, you could just lift it from here and go to a certain height and then just go. And right. it's just like, it would be so much more efficient and yeah. efficiency saves money like few people realize. Oh, yeah. So, I, sure. I, and I mean, I'm not even... That's, I, a, that's I a strange one. Much, I, because... I think that's what you said, though. Like, that's, how you, that's how you look going forward in a way that will improve everything. And then look, you can still fly wherever you want. You don't need to feel bad about it because right. you're, what's your impact being? Like what? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's always impacts for everything, but you can minimize it like crazy. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, cause the big problem is, is the oil companies. Like the oil co- companies have like, the only way to loosen their grip is to give them something else to hold on to. But and, not necessarily and, if you outcompete them. Which is so hard to do because nothing has come along. Well, that has yeah, been and that, and because they can, they have so much money, they can uh, dominate the narrative. Like they can. Do you know what I mean? But it'll be because of the amount of power they wield. That's be so very true. Difficult but that's to what, switch. what I'm saying is, you need something that's so good that you can't right. beat it. Right. You know, you need yeah. the Michael Jordan of ideas to come along. Yeah. Where just it doesn't matter. You can't beat it. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. try all you want. You can gang yeah. up the other. Like the corporations, iPhone. yeah, it just like just, when the iPhone destroyed Motorola, Razor, yeah, and all they could do whatever they wanted. They could spend as much money. They could say they could yeah. slander. They could do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. It's going to be better. Yeah, and when this SMR technology fusion would be great, but I think that's still too far away. But SMRs are here and they're ready, and you could put them in. They're the size of this this table. Really? Yeah, they can fit. They can fit in the one of those uh, not like regular flatbed trucks, but you know, like ones that could hold a car. Like they can fit on the yeah, back yeah. of those trucks. You can ship them around unreal. the country. And I didn't even mention you, because it's thorium, it doesn't decay into plutonium. It can't be used for nuclear weapons. Really? Yeah. There's Telling no catch. Man, That's why nobody wants it. <laughs> what? That's why nobody wants it. They all want to make nuclear weapons out of the waste. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, so No, but you like you really wonder, because there are, like, you when you hear about alternatives like this that, that seem like magic bullets almost, you're like, what is stopping them where's the money like there might not so, be enough money in it there might be that's usually the problem is that exactly there's yeah. there's hurdles and the thing is i just think we need to figure it out quickly because we're running out of time uh and that's not alarmist we are running out of time where we can have a mi- more minimal impact on what's going to happen yeah the longer we wait just the worse it gets and i just think not everyone understands Climate change isn't going to be an Armageddon. It's going to be a slow, creeping, yeah, terrible time for most of humanity. It's, yeah. it's just going to, it's just going to make things worse constantly. It's not just going to rain down fire and destroy everybody right. all at once. But you, the quicker we act and the better we, we, prepare for this is just the less suffering and the less that people have to deal with this creeping problem that's already here. Like it's yeah. already happening, and I just think that. You're right. There's a lot of issues facing the SMRs. They, they can't get regulatory approval. There's a strong anti-nuclear lobby. Like, right. so strong. Oh, it doesn't care. That? that doesn't care if it's thorium. It doesn't care right. that it right. doesn't have the same amount of waste for the, the same The reason it doesn't care is because who's funding that? 
lobby. You know, I don't know. I bet I bet you would be the powers that be in air quotes. I wonder. I know it's a lot of people who are very passionate, about especially it. if they don't care about. There's the, a lot of people who are very passionate about it. Like uh, like Brett Weinstein is super passionate about anti-nuclear. How bad nuclear is like really super passionate. I wonder why. Like he, I bet he's on a board somewhere about anti-nuclear stuff. Yeah. Now I don't know what he thinks of thorium though, because a true scientist, which I think he is, yeah, yeah. would see that it's not BS. That the, these benefits are all real. It's fundamentally different. Yeah. It's, it's a different element. And anyone who doesn't understand the fundamental difference in elements, even though they're really close to each other on the periodic table, but like bismuth and lead are right beside each other on the periodic table. Right. And one of them uh, is Pepto-Bismol and yeah, one yeah. will kill you if you ingest it. Yeah. So like the one proton difference makes a huge difference in what, yeah. in what it does. So, you know, thorium is, is fundamentally different than uranium and, and just the whole structure of the reactor itself is so different. It's crazy, man. I, I want to look into the that. The scalability actually. of it. Yeah. Like how, where it can fit. Um, what I love is the passive shutdown. It can't melt down. Right. That basically the, so the liquid molten salt, if somehow it became, well, that's the other thing too. It's at atmospheric pressure and the other one's at high pressure. Right. Oh. So that's what, that's what meltdowns are. Right. Right. It gets too hot. The pressure is too great. It can't be cooled. Or yeah, something. you can't cool the core. Right. This is like you still gotta cool the core, but it's with this liquid molten salt. It's yeah. an atmospheric pressure, and if it does get too hot, so if there were gonna be an issue, there's a passive shutdown. There's like a plug, and when it expands with the liquid molten salt, the plug goes out, and then all the salt will fall through into a chamber below, and it will shut the thing down without a human even needing to be there. Crazy. I'm telling you, it took me a minute. I had to do a lot of research on it and understand it. Talk to some people who are actually in the space, like yeah. people who are, um, they do this for a living. And I've come away with understanding it's only a political issue. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a technical issue. It's really ready for us to use and to implement. And if we do it quick, I think it, it can really help with climate change. And so now it's, it comes down to, you know, not letting the lobbies and the people who are against it stop it, and it comes down to making it cheap enough to be able to implement because that makes it more attractive. If, like you said, who's yeah. paying for it? Now, if you're an airport and you can get the SMR for cheap and then charge everyone over a long term for even a, one cent a, yeah. a kilowatt hour or whatever, you know, they think long term. Like, that's fine as long as you can, like, the airport's gonna be there. Yeah. So there's no reason why just over 100 years as opposed to a short term thing. I think it would make sense. See, that's the kind of innovation and technology that will fix climate change, yeah. right? But, but it's it's like when people call for this or that, it's like guys, people aren't going to stop driving. Well, they're not just going to stop driving. You yeah. know, they're not just going to stop eating meat. The cows are a huge yeah. source. The, the of problem is when you only advocate for behavioral change. I think it's kind right. Of, it's what we just what we started out on. You need both sides. You need behavioral change. To, to try to, you know... But that is only influenced by better alternatives. But it's, right? it's both, and they need each other. because So I always use this example. I thought of this when I was working in Belize. Uh, someone I was working with really advocated for, you know, I'm going to stop using plastic. Like the no straws thing, which is huge everywhere now. Yeah. In Belize. And I was like, it's good. Mm -hmm. We should stop doing that. Even though... That took not, off really fast. Even though it's not making a literal difference, like with the one straw we use or whatever. But it's good to change this behavior or whatever. But yeah. I said, but it's not going to 
be fixed until we have alternative things, like until we have, you know, see now like these paper straws or these biodegradable yeah. compostable things. And my colleague was like, no, everyone just needs to change the way they, they do it, whatever. It's, it'll be just as bad if we use that stuff. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's not rooted in any, any real information because you don't even know what these things are. You're just assuming this. Yeah. So you're not even open-minded about it. You're just stuck in your way. You're just saying this is my ideological philosophy and that's what I'm going to go with. And meanwhile, fast forward two years and Belize implemented a plastic ban. Mm-hmm. And so what's come in their place to all these like takeaway containers, you can styrofoam, whatever, other compostable ones. Oh, cool. Right? So yeah. yes, I love behavioral change. You take your own metal bowl and use and you take them and wash and stuff. That's great. So we use less of the compostable stuff. But for the people that don't want to do that, you give them compostable stuff because the alternative is you give them plastic stuff. Yeah. So I always use this example, the, the number. I always say, what if you got 80% of people to be on board with what you're doing, right? Right. 20% of people are still just going to say, I'm doing my own thing and I'm, I don't care. I don't, I don't care about it or whatever. I'm just going to use the cheapest, quickest thing. Or 20% of people are going to be the people that forget their bowl that day or whatever. So there's still demand for it. It's a lessened demand. Right. But we're not trying to lessen the demand. We don't want just less plastic. We want no plastic. We right. want to get rid of it. The only way to get rid of it is to have a viable alternative. Like that, to me, that's yeah. so clear. I don't know how you don't see that. And I'm yeah. not saying that your way is wrong because behavioral change is important. And the less compostable stuff we have to use the better that is just for manufacturing and for materials it's good but for the 20 percent of people which i think is way too high anyway like there's no way you're getting 80 percent of people on board right i always said i'm from calgary i said like, you want to come to calgary because they're from, from mexico i said like, you want to come to calgary and go talk to a vice president of enbridge and tell him oh yeah you got to bring your own metal bowl to to the place yeah. to get your meal today right like as if yeah like, sorry and people are free. They can choose what they want. Right. So why leave it on to everybody and make them that they have to? Why not say, hey, educate. Let's push for this behavioral change. But then for the few people that aren't on board, make sure that they're not also harming the environment with their plastic. Right. And that's that push and pull. That's that left and right. That's best, that both yeah. sides. The best way is to just have an al- not even an alternative. It's just a better thing. Like, over, like in one year... Apple with the iPhone took over the phone market. People stopped using like older, clunkier flip phones and all stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just a performative confirmation that they created something better. Everyone exactly. wants the better thing. And yeah, it's like, it's, I think you can like affect behavior through just, what would you call it? Like marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. But like getting people on board. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of peer pressure in general, like in life. You right. Want, you don't want to be the person with the straw, and nine other people at your table don't have it. You'll you probably won't do it unless you're that person who's like, I do my own thing. I do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get mad sometimes when they don't have straws, and then <laughs> someone told me like, yeah, it's like killing turtles and shit. I'm like, <laughs> Which is <laughs> funny. <laughs> what what kills me is that like, I didn't even Starbucks, know straws were the problem. So, so Starbucks stopped using straws, but the, what they did is make their cups. Uh, have lids that you can sip out of more specially. Right, and it takes more plastic. They're made of more plastic than the straw. Of course. Which is like what you said earlier about, is it about feeling good or is it about enacting real change? And I find it's a lot more about feeling good. Yeah. And I guess I just want the real change. I don't want to just feel good. Yeah. I want it to be better. I'd actually feel uh, 
I'd feel like duped if I was convinced into like feeling good about something that wasn't better. Like for the Starbucks thing, I'd actually be upset about that. Yeah. Because I don't want to blindly think anything. I don't like it when I find out that I got duped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I th- like I, I totally that. thought that was the thing. Cody, <laughs> Cody isn't even alive, or you know what I mean? Remember Cody, twenty twelve? You're like, God, I was like riled up about that for a minute. I don't remember. I remember it, but I don't remember what happened. Coney 2012? I can't remember what happened either. It was I just like, remember it's Coney 2012 was just the that thing. Guy, that guy made like, a ton of money off this guy, off this Coney guy, and I remember them saying something like, he doesn't even like, dude, I, can't, I actually don't remember what happened with that, but it died like yeah. immediately. And people were like, and it, then it, I think it came out that it was like, just a money making thing for the guy. He's like, we're going to make this Coney guy the most famous person in the world. Buy my t-shirts. I got straws. We got Pez dispensers with Coney's face on it. He's like, you can buy this whole package. And by making Coney famous, we'll help these kids that he's allegedly enslaving into wars. And It's like, I think there's probably a better or a more direct way to affect child armies yeah. than that marketing campaign about yeah. making this guy famous who probably doesn't care at all. Yeah. I wish I knew more of solutions. But I honestly, I really think, and because I, I don't have many solutions, you know, we talked about earlier, I was like, you know, you want, you gotta have these conversations, you gotta figure things out. And if I knew the solution, I'd, I'd say it, but I really think the first step in a solution to climate change are these SMR reactors. Yeah. And that's, I've never like been that. this and I'm really careful I want to be really sure, but like, I've never felt this way sure, about any yeah. about any um, technology or any thing to come along that hasn't yet been a thing. Right. I feel like this is the first thing I've been on, you know, been in on before it's going to be a thing. I think right. it's going to happen, and I want to be a part of bringing it because I want to be a part of actually making this change because it came down to first of all, and this wasn't my original idea, but electrification is the way to go forward because you're going to need energy. The best form of energy, the cleanest form of energy is, is, electric, is electricity that is created from sources that don't have carbon emissions. Right. Right? And so Canada has a pretty clean electricity grid because of all the hydropower we have. Now, if we could clean up the rest of it, all the coal, oil we still use, and replace that with a non-emitting, non-radioactive waste-emitting solution, right. what we could do is... Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the reason why... I think it's so important because so currently about 87% of our electricity comes from hydro uh, and other renewables. Really? Yeah. And Where? In, in Canada? Canada? Really? And only Alberta, Saskatchewan are the main ones. I think part of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Uh, That's like unbelievable. Oil. It's unbelievable. Alberta, Saskatchewan are the bad ones. We still use coal yeah. because we, have, we lack uh, hydropower here. Like discipline. <laughs> the only hydropower we have is in a, a protected area. Oh, so yeah. I, I get why they want to do that. I'm, oh, I see. I agree with that. Uh, but... Then there's a chance what we could do. So you're saying this it's another thing. Americans' fault. I wrote about this actually on the tree blog. Is that what you're saying? No. Is that where the protected area is? Stop saying that. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, I wrote about the tree blog about how BC and Manitoba could share with Alberta and Saskatchewan their excess hydro. Oh yeah. And then we could get to a ninety something percent clean electricity grid. Crazy. It's only a political problem that's not going away. I worked on it for six months and I couldn't get anywhere. I talked to people. In Manitoba Hydro, I talked to people in Sask Power. I, I actually had, that's when I was working at a, at a think tank and I had access to speak to people and stuff. And I wrote this, this long article and there was no way forward through it. Huh. Apparently they've been trying to do it for like 50 years and I was just like a kid trying, trying to make it work. Yeah. It didn't work. But you could do that. The thing is, even if we do that, 
we want to electrify everything, right? We yeah. want to drive all electric cars. We want right. to have everything run off electricity. No more burning coal. No more using other energy. Those batteries don't work well in the winter, but, though. But here's the thing. Well, there's that. The alternative so has to be better. That's, that's the issue, the thing. But not just that. Yeah. We, it, it, okay, tell me if you, if you figure out what it is. Why won't that work? Even if, So say we use the hydropower and get to 100% electric, uh, clean electricity, and then we electrify everything. Uh, and then so all the electricity we're using is clean. But why won't that work? There's a fundamental reason why. Um, hey, God, well, we have to give me a couple of minutes. Why wouldn't electrifying everything through clean energy work? So, yeah, so say we did get in Alberta, we got from BC, and, Sask- and Saskatchewan got from Manitoba, and then we electrified everything. So we said a five-year plan, like only electric cars that are allowed now, right? And We don't have the infrastructure for it, maybe? Th- that's part of it, but I think that's more solvable than, than the, the big fundamental right. issue. It's... There's not enough capacity. There's not enough electricity available to run everyone's car and then home and then uh, and manufacture. But I thought we were doing creating that. No, see, we would fill out the grid to be 100% clean and uh, right. clean electricity, but we wouldn't have the capacity. There's not enough of it. So in order to get more, we would need to increase the capacity. So how are we going to increase capacity when we're already at full capacity from our hydropower? Right. We need to add something else. That's why these SMR reactors work oh. because you can increase the capacity, you could double it or even triple it without adding more carbon emissions, and then you could electrify everything because then you have the um, the amount of electricity you need. You have excess. You can run your cars on. You can I don't understand what you mean when we don't have the capacity. It's like you don't we have the infrastructure. No, no, like we literally we... don't have the amount of electricity available. To run all the cars around the road right now, if they were running off electricity, yeah, there's not enough electricity being generated. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, so we need yeah, to yeah, literally yeah. generate more electricity. More. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's the problem we're solving. No, no. What okay, we so do is I get it, percentage. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So if right we now we switch at, over. We we won't have enough for all these cars yeah. and all these new systems that we have. Yeah. So we're we're at 87 percent right now. Uh, hydropower electricity. Like heating ish. build, heating office buildings, like. Yeah. So, but what we could do is we could fix that last 13 percent or whatever, 12, 11 percent with with our hydropower, but then we, there's just not enough available. Like there's not enough actual kilowatt hours of electricity yeah. for everything, unless you add more. You I think we should start burning dolphin oil, personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what have dolphins ever done for us? That's what I want to know. <laughs> just think, get everyone on the planet mad at me at the same time. Do dolphins ever like swim around and they're just like, oh, I wish I had thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. I would create the best thing ever. I think actually all of our brain, like this, might be like a thing, but I think so much of our brain power is just right here, is because we can manipulate these fingers. Yeah, it's amazing what some people you, who, who yeah, what you, they can do who you wouldn't consider like intelligent people who can like build things that are incredible. Yeah, and what what people can create. Yeah, it's like a, it's physical articulation. It's strange. Yeah. Even our mouths are actually are actually like, and our lips, it's like we're articulate in every way. We like we're like uh, audi- audibly articulate. That, that was very articulate. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. We're I'm trying to articulate how articulate people are in the least articulate way possible. <laughs> we're like audibly articulate. We're f- super physically articulate. Like when you see someone, they're literally carving something on a gra- on a grain of rice. They're carving like a statue, and, you, and then it's an amazing, like our our dexterity and our physical articulation our like thinking is unbelievably articulate. It's like we're nuanced on, like on every level except smell. 
We have really, really, really good sight. Our smells like the worst in the animal kingdom. Yeah, but it's funny how it still ties so strongly to memory and like how it does still affect our everyday life so much when like things we smell. I just kind of oh, yeah. other animals deal with their smell because yeah, it's even more so. Yeah, I wonder what that's like. I love seeing too how the difference, right? The person who is super articulate but can't really make stuff, the person who can make anything, the person who can make little yeah. things, the person who can think on a big scale. And I love how I love diversity of people, and mm-hmm. I really do. And it's funny because it, it brings back to the same thing as like, I love the left and right pole. I, I love that you got to have both sides. Yeah. I love the whole thing. And I, I don't like extremes, but I also, like I said, I don't think the extremes are bad people. I think that there's a lot of fear and a lot of misunderstanding. And I think that that might even have its own draw to, like I said, how it, how it pulls in the middle. And, you know, when I, <laughs> I voted for Trudeau in the last election because he said conservatives were his friends. And he was the only person saying that we were all on the same page. Right. Now, I know he hasn't quite lived up to expectations, which is besides the point. I just think that it's really important to not vilify the other side. Whichever side you're on, don't yeah. vilify the other side. We're all in this together. We're all people. And I just think we should all be a better team. You know, a big thing is like when the economy is running really well, I think people fight like this less and people split less. And when people are like worried about their jobs and they're worried about how they're going to pay their bills and feed their family and stuff, then the people with the liberal types of personalities go to their side. This is how we need to fix this. Guys, we need to fix it this way. And then the conservative types go to their like, oh, I'm like worried about my jobs. Like I can't make my car payments. We need to fix it this way. Like I don't care about all this other stuff. And when we get, when like the world's running better and everyone's lives are better, it's like when we're getting along the best. And so I think I just really hope the economy does better like that's like i think one of the biggest things is like if you can just raise people's i think people's fears stem from uncertainty uncertainty in their own life yeah and so the 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 right wing people will will tend to blame it on xyz immigration whatever it is and then the left-wing people will tend to blame it on something else and and i and i think like jordan peterson was saying when you when you can like pretty accurately predict whether someone's a liberal or a conservative by let, like allowing them to take a personality test, seeing how open to ideas they are, seeing how um, much they like want, uh, like well, I can't remember that the five personality traits were, but agreeableness, uh, conscientiousness, conscientiousness, neuroticism. Yeah. But you can, but apparently you can do that with like a really high level of accuracy you can say, uh, okay, we're going to guess now after looking at the results. And, and, it, and it looks to me like, and I guess that's sort of the results of their test or whatever, is that, you know, these are personalities. Mm-hmm. These are two different kinds of personalities with a whole bunch of variation in between. But when you look at it macro scale, there's like about two kinds of people on, on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, and I think we're seeing people pull farther apart because just because of uncertainty in their own lives. And that's like, I think the only way to fix that is to like fix the economy genuinely. I think that's one way. I, I still think there's going to be issues, but removing that I yeah, think right. easier, right? Yeah. Like 
it's one less thing to worry about. Yeah. And then you can really focus on like, well, it's just that it's become so much more extreme than normal Mm -hmm. or, or at least I say normal being 29. So my experience of what's normal is extremely limited, but it seems like people are getting way more at each other's throats than what it was like growing up and stuff. Yeah. But that could be just, it's just, it's just so much exposure to news in general. And then it's algorithm driven and you're in your own echo chamber yeah, on yeah. both sides. I think it's also, yeah. uh, and then you're not, you're not, you're really taught not to engage with the other side ever. So you don't know what happens when someone does say something, you just want to shut it down. You don't want to even give it the, the attention, right? You don't right. Even want to respond to it. You're like, literally, I don't think you should have a, a right to even say that. So I'm just going to shut it down. Yeah. As opposed to even, yeah, even addressing it and be like, no, this is why you're wrong, or why I think you're wrong, yeah. or why I think your idea doesn't make sense. It's just like, shut up, fool. <laughs> oh my god, and it's also because of the o- online. Like online, you, we're, we're not looking at each other. It's much more rare for an ar- for an argument or a conversation to get the, the as heated as it does online. Online, it's like you don't have any consequences. Yeah. But, you know, I made a, I made I, a and I mean that like like emotional consequences. Like All when you see it. someone like, and you hurt their feelings with something, yeah. you go, Oh shit. Well, they're a person. Was... Yeah. They're, they're not but a person. Online, just yeah. on a... Right. But or in know, a car. Do you know what? Yeah. But, you know, I, I made a, a conscious decision to never engage in any type of argument or even leaving comments. Not me. What? Not me, bro. No. I'm well, waiting I, with everybody I've, online 24 seven. I've never ever left a comment on a YouTube video on anything. Really? Other than, a friend's uh, Facebook page who I know, and it's right. never been anything negative. Right. Uh, and not that I've, I've thought negative things sometimes, but I don't want to put it out there, and I don't want to get into an argument. I, it doesn't, there's no value, no benefit. And it's one of the few things I've stuck to extremely well, where I literally have not done it one time. That's amazing. And That's I, like... I, don't know, I don't want to. I don't think it serves any purpose. I would rather talk to people in person. I find people who've watched that same video or whatever, and I'll speak to them in person about it. Yeah. Uh, because I just think it does no good to fight in comments. I think it does no good to like use that medium. It just isn't real. It's not humans interacting. It's just these people oh, yeah. hiding behind keyboards. And you know what? I, I was without social media entirely for like for a few years, mainly when I was living in the jungle and stuff. Yeah, and I was I was the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> and it's yeah. not a direct correlation, but it's it's part of it. But then, as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's not necessarily happiness that I want. Like, I, of course, I want to be happy, <laughs> right? But it's not the thing worth chasing because yeah. I could just go, I could just go live in the jungle and work at a job and make five hundred bucks a month and live. Yeah, I could be happy. Yeah. But I, I think you need satisfaction. Meaning, yeah. Meaning. I think satisfaction comes from meaning. Yeah, I think satisfaction and happiness are different because happiness. Jim Carrey said, "Happiness is the weather." You're not happy all the time, nor should you be happy all the time. Right, right. You could be mostly, I'm mostly happy. Yeah. But, you know, you can get down, things happen, and that's interchangeable. But when I'm on a, you know, when you're on like a mission to, to create something, when you're on a mission to try to make something happen, whether it's a job, whether it's a personal thing, you feel that satisfaction. Yeah. That's worth more because I think I've learned in that time that you can be happy based on your, like how you react to things, that you can work on happiness. But you can't just feel satisfied. You can't just be like, 
sitting there or being like, oh, I feel like what I'm doing is meaningful. Yeah. You need to go out and, and find a purpose. You need to work towards something. I wonder if you can have happiness without some level of satisfaction. I think you can. I think that it's different though. So maybe some level, maybe not. Maybe there's yeah. some level. Because if you're happy, maybe it's like you found something that makes you happy. So like you're satisfied with that. But I mean, I've been there where I'm, I'm working a really cool, even somewhat meaningful job, but there's no, it's not going to go further, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm in this jungle. It's great. I love what I'm doing. Yeah. But like, it's the reason there's why there's a future in it. And I'm like, okay, I'm happy right now, but I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing. I want to, I want to do more. I want to, I want to contribute more. I want to help more. Yeah. I want to bring, I want to bring I think that's these, super typical. I want to bring these SMR reactors yeah, yeah. to where the coal is. I want to be a part of this. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I like that whole, I've never really heard too much about those before. But I think that's very typical of, of humans in general. That we, we wouldn't be, there's a fucking 3D printer in the corner of this room. Like that's, um, the stuff we've created is unbelievable. And the reason we're in this heated room and all this stuff is because humans are incapable of like being content. You know what? You know what I mean? Like you're, we're incapable of just sitting around being happy about you're things. You're almost you're so close to me. I think there's only one caveat is the only way that you can be totally content and just being happy and just being polygamy. Is, <laughs> no. Is uh, <laughs> if you if you literally devote your life to meditation and you you constantly are Oh. But then you're you're still doing something. You actually it's really hard. It's difficult. And you're trying to get better at it and yeah, attain so, higher so, levels and you're trying to attain higher levels that of kind of precludes it's, it just seems it's like you're not you're not doing that much, but you're internally doing it. Yeah, it's still so goal I, I oriented, actually, I think. So I take back what I say, I think you're right. I think there's no way to be totally content by doing nothing. Yeah. There's always something you're doing. You're always trying to even get better at meditating if that's your thing, or you're trying to get even if you're chilling out like you're trying to be more comfortable you're always trying to do something yeah 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 or you're I think, not happy and I think that's what drugs do too if you've got nothing to do you can do nothing and do drugs and be air quotes happy well yeah because the drugs mimic yeah the the, 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 the reward of, the reward receptor yeah, reward, yeah. and that's or, why you feel so horrible after because after a while you, your body your mind realizes that like, there's a disconnect because you're, yeah, you're cause the, you sober up eventually well and you're getting the joy without the without the discipline to attain yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but anyway, I think that's, that's a good one. I should leave it off for there. Yeah. Oh, we got a bit deeper into personal beliefs on this one, but, uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. Let's do it again soon. Definitely. That was fun. Let's do this again in, in a couple of weeks or something like that. Hold on. All right. Taylor Dolphy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Jordan. Flangle. <laughs> Signing off. Bye.